Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya
Promising Kanya, his daughter, Aratna, jewel like, Vigarsya, contemptuously neglecting. Na, us, Krishnaya, to Krishna, Adat, gave, na, not. Satrajit, Satrajit, Kasma, why? Brataram, his brother, Anviyat, should follow. Translation Satrajit promised his jewel like daughter to us, but then gave her to Krishna instead, contemptuously neglecting us. So, why should Satrajit not follow his brother's path? Purport, since Satrajit's brother Prasena had been violently killed, the implication of following his brother's path is obvious. What we have here is an assassination plot. It is well known that both Akura and Kirtavarma are exalted pure devotees of the Supreme Lord, so their unusual behavior requires some explanation. The Acharya is provided as follows. Srila Jiva Goswami states that Akura, although a first-class pure devotee of the Lord, was a victim of the anger directed against him by the residents of Gokul because he took Lord Krishna away from Vrindavan. The Goswami further state that, that Kritavarma had associated with Kamsa, and both of them being members of the Bhoja dynasty, and thus Kritavarma was now suffering from this undesirable association. Srila Vishnu Chakravarti offers an alternative explanation. Both Akura and Kritavarma were furious with Satrajit because he had insulted Lord Krishna and spread false rumors about him in Dwarka. Under normal circumstances, Akura and Kritavarma would have been most pleased that Lord Krishna married the beautiful Satyamama. Being pure devotees, they could not actually be unhappy about this match nor could they become jealous rivals of the Lord. Therefore, they had an ulterior motive in behaving like his rivals. His mind thus influenced by their advice, wicked uh, Satradhanva murdered Satrajit in his sleep simply out of greed. In this way, the sinful Satradhanva shortened lifespan. Purport according to Srila Vishnu Chakravarti, the ward Asattama indicates Satradhanva was basically evil-minded and a firm hatred of Satrajit. As the woman of Satrajit's palace screamed and helplessly wept, Satadanva took the jewel and left, like a butcher after he killed some animals. When Satyabhama saw her dead father, she was plunged into grief, lamenting, My father, my father, oh, I am killed. She fell unconscious. Purport, according to Srila Jiva Goswami, Satyabhama's anguished feelings and words of the death of her father were prompted by Lord Krishna's pastime potency to prepare for the Lord's violent reaction against Satadanva. Queen Satyabhama put her father's corpse in a large vat of oil and went to a Stinapur, where she sorrowfully told Lord Krishna, who was already aware of the situation about her father's murder. When Lord Krishna and Lord Balaram heard this news, O King, they exclaimed, alas, this is the greatest tragedy for us. Thus imitating the ways of human society, they lamented, their eyes brimming with tears. The Supreme Lord returned to his capital with his wife and elder brother. After arriving at Dwarka, he readied himself to kill Satadamva and retrieve the jewel from him. Upon learning that Lord Krishna was preparing to kill him, Satadamva was struck with fear. To save his life, he approached Kritavarma and begged him for help. But Kritavarma replied as follows, 
I dare not offend the Supreme Lords Krishna and Balaram. Indeed, how can one who troubles them expect any good fortune? Kamsa and all his followers lost both their wealth and their lives because of enmity towards them. And after battling them 17 times, Jarasandha was left without even a chariot. Purport. Srila Sridhar Swami explains the word Helanam, that the word Helanam indicates acting against the Lord's will and that Virginam indicates an offense against the Lord. His appeal refused. Sata Danva went to Akura and begged him for protection. But Akura simply, similarly told him, who would oppose the two personalities of God if he knew their strengths? It is the Supreme Lord who creates, maintains, and destroys his universe simply as his pastime. The cosmic creators cannot even understand his purpose, bewildered as they are by his illusory maya. Purport, the use of the singular ya, he who indicates that the frequent references to the two lords, uh, Krishna and Rama, do not compromise the firm principle of monotheism expressed in Srimad Bhagavatam, as explained in many Vedic literatures, the one Supreme Lord expands himself into innumerable forms, that he remains the one and almighty God. For example, we have this statement in the Brahma Samhita, Advaitam, Achutam, Anadir, Anantarupam. The one Supreme Lord is infallible and beginningless, and he expands himself into innumerable manifest forms out of regard for the spirit of the Lord's pastimes in which he expands himself and appears as his own older brother, Balaram. The Bhagavatam here refers to the two lords, but the bottom line is that there is one supreme Godhead, one absolute truth who appears in this original form as Krishna. As a child of seven, Krishna uprooted an entire mountain and held it aloft as easily as a young boy picks up a mushroom. I offer my respect obeisances to that Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, whose every deed is amazing. He is the Supreme Soul, the unlimited source and fixed center of all existence. His appeal thus rejected by Akura also. Satadavanda placed the precious jewel in Akura's care and fled on horse, a horse that could travel 100 yojanas, purport the term nyasya, leaving in the care of implies Satadanva now believe the jewel was his. Thus he was leaving it in the care of a friend. In blunt terms, this is a thief's mentality. My dear king, Krishna Balar mounted Krishna's chariot, which flew the flag of Garuda and was yoked with tremendously swift horses and pursued his elders, their elders' murderer. In a garden on the outskirts of Mithila, the horse Satadanva was riding, the horse Satadanva was riding collapsed. Terrified, he abandoned the horse and began to flee on foot with Krishna in angry pursuit. As Satadanva fled on foot, the Supreme Lord, also going on foot, cut off his head with its sharp-edged disc. The Lord then searched Satadanva's upper and lower garments for the Shamantaka jewel. Not finding the jewel, Lord Krishna went to his elder brother and said, We have killed Satadanva uselessly. The jewel is here. To this Lord Balaram replied, Indeed, Satadanva must have placed the jewel in the care of someone. He should return to our city and find that person. I wish to visit King Videha, who was most dear to me. O King, having said this, Lord Balaram, the beloved descendant of Yadav, entered the city of Mithila. Rupa Krishna and Balaram had finally caught up with Satadanva on the outskirts of Mithila. Since the king of the city was a dear friend of Balaram's, the Lord decided to enter the city and spend some time there. The king of Mithila immediately arose from his seat when he saw Lord Balaram approaching. With great love, the king honored the supremely worshipable Lord by offering him elaborate worship as stipulated by scriptural injunctions. The Almighty Lord Balaram stayed in Mithila for several years, honored by his affectionate devotee, Janaka Maharaj. During that time, Dhritarashtra's son Duryodhan learned from Balaram the art of fighting with the club. Lord Keshava arrived at Dwarka and described the demise of Shatta Danva and his own failure to find the Shamataka jewel. He spoke in a way that would please his beloved, Satyabhama. Purport, naturally, Queen Satyabhama was pleased to hear that her father's murderer had been brought to justice. Uh, but her father's uh, 
Shamantaka jewel still had to be recovered, and thus she was also pleased to hear of Lord Krishna's determination to recover it. Lord Krishna then had the various funeral rites performed for his deceased relative, Satraja. The Lord attended the funeral along with the well-wishers of the family. When Akura and Kurtavarma, who had originally incited Satadanva to commit his crime, heard that he had been killed, they fled Dwarka in terror and took up residence elsewhere. In Akura's absence, ill omens arose in Dwarka, and the citizens began to suffer continually from physical and mental distresses, as well as from disturbances caused by higher powers and by creatures of the earth. Report the word Daivika here refers to disturbances caused by supernatural beings. These disturbances often manifest as natural calamities like earthquakes, tidal waves, or extreme weather. Nowadays, materialistic people attribute these disturbances to earthly causes, not realizing they constitute punishment at the hands of superior beings. The word Bautika refers to trouble caused by fellow creatures of the earth, such as human beings, animals, and insects. According to Srila Sridhar Swami, uh, Akura took the Shamantaka jewel and went to reside in the city of Benares, where he became known as Dhanapati, the master of charity. There he executed fire sacrifices on gold altars with elaborate assemblies of qualified priests. Some residents of Dwarka felt that the unusual calamities were due to Akura's absence forgetting, as described in the next verse. That the Supreme Lord's personal presence in Dwarka precluded that possibility. Because when the Lord comes to earth, his pastimes resemble those of human beings, the principle of familiarity breeds contempt comes into play. It appears that during the living, the lives of many saintly persons and incarnations of God, there always exists a class of people who fail to appreciate or who only occasionally appreciate the position of the great souls among them. On the other hand, the fortunate and enlightened souls who recognize the true position of the Lord as associates are extremely blessed. Some men proposed that the troubles were due to Akura's absence, but they had forgotten the glories of the Supreme Lord, which they themselves had so often described. Indeed, how can calamities occur in a place where the personality of God at the residence of all the sages resides? Purport, Srila Vishnu provides the following insight on this verse. In Benares, Akura became famous for performing sacrifices on golden altars and for his abundant charity to the Brahmanas. When the citizens of Dwarka heard about this, some of them gossiped that Krishna, considering Akura's uh, considering Akura's arrival, had sent him into exile. To dispel this new and incredible stain on his reputation, Lord Krishna created various calamities in Dwarka, thus inducing the citizens to call for Akura's return, which the Lord then ordered. The elder said previously when the Lord, when Lord Indra had withheld rain from Kasi, the king of that city gave his daughter Gandhani to Svafalka, who was then visiting him. It soon rained in the kingdom of Kasi. Report, uh, Safalka was Akura's father and the citizens felt that the son must have the same power as the father. Srila Vishnu Chakravarti points out that because of Akura's relationship with his maternal grandfather, the king of Kasi, in a time of difficulty, Akura went to that city. Uh, wherever his equally powerful son Akura stays, Lord Indra will provide sufficient rain. Indeed, that place will be free of miseries and untimely deaths. Uh, so here we have the uh, story of how Satyabhama's father was killed uh, and then uh, Satadanda fled and he was killed, um, but the jewel was not there because Akura had it and Akura had fled to Varanasi and there he was uh, getting gold from that and jewel. So, uh, interesting to point out that uh, one, of course, that 
how we get a murder taking place in Dwarka, and particularly that of Satyamala's father. <laughs> uh, so, of course, we see that even in Vrindavan there is killing of demons, etc., like that. But here is the opposite, where uh, the father of uh, one of the queen, who was to be the queen uh, of Dwarka, one of the main queens, uh, her father got killed. Uh, and, uh, of course, killing could take place because we see in earthly pastimes this may happen in Vrindavan, demons get killed. Uh, but we have to all attribute all of this to some arrangement of the Supreme Lord for certain pastimes. Uh, uh, now, certainly Satadanva uh, is described here as uh, a wicked person. So he was not a devotee at all. He was actually a demon. So just as the demons come into Vrindavan, so the demon could come into Dwarka and cause disturbance also. In this case, he actually killed the father of Satyavama. Uh, and then we find that uh, Krishna killed him uh, near Mithila. Uh, but he couldn't find the jewel because Satyadanva had given it to Akura. And then Akura fled to uh, Varanasi because he understood that uh, Krishna would be looking for that jewel. So, uh, the, uh, this is all an arrangement of the Supreme Lord for his pastimes. Uh, one of them is to marry uh, Satyabhama. Uh, and uh, we find here also this incident where after Krishna returned, uh, there was this uh, disturbance in the city uh, where the city got afflicted as if it were a material place. Uh, so we get uh, Adidaivik and Adibautic uh, problems. Uh, that is, weather problems and living entity problems uh, causing great disturbance in that city. Uh, how is it possible in Dwarka, which is spiritual world, is Dhamma? So again, Supreme Lord Shakti uh, allows all this to happen for certain reasons. So, in the purports, explain that actually this was all arranged by the Supreme Lord himself. Huh? So that uh, when people com began to get an anxiety and complain, uh, uh, they would request him to go and bring our Kura back. And so that's exactly what happened. We see that many people began to uh, think that the, the calamities are there because our Kura uh, isn't there anymore, uh, so we should bring him back. Uh, to the city, which is foolish. And this is often given by our acharyas, an example of a materialistic thought that the uh, the Dham of the Lord is a material place. Uh, and certainly for materialists, this will be a very pleasing type of statement. Say, ah, see, that place actually is not spiritual, it's material, because it has afflicted in this way. But uh, as with other incidents, we have to give a different explanation as devotees of the Lord who understand the Lord's potency. And as uh, uh, is stated right after that, this could not happen because the Lord is present. Uh, so it's not because of Rakura's absence or anything. Uh, where there is the Lord, it is always auspicious, and Krishna lives in Dwarka. Uh, so that is the proper understanding. Uh, where the Lord is, nothing evil can happen. So uh, the Lord does not depend on Akura or anybody else. Huh? But people who don't have very strong faith may feel like this, and therefore they think that the, the prosperity of the city depends on somebody else. Huh? This actually is not uh, the mentality of a devotee. It is a person without faith, and he has, doesn't have the understanding that everything depends on the Supreme Lord, not upon Akura or anybody else. So uh, such thoughts uh, when this disaster took place are symptoms of lack of faith. Uh, how do the residents uh, get develop that lack of faith? Again, we can attribute it simply arrangement of the Supreme Lord so that he would bring Akura back. Uh, rather than to think that the inhabitants, all the inhabitants, were actually not very faithful to the Lord. Uh, for the majority of the people living in Dwarka, uh, they have to have some mm, spiritual uh, status. 
not everybody can associate with the Lord in a, the Lord's Dham. Uh, so they have to be very spiritually qualified to do so. Uh, there may be a few like Satadanva who are allowed to enter who are materialists, but otherwise, by and large, they are uh, uh, devotees of the Lord and they're qualified to live there uh, because of their high status. Uh, so therefore, these uh, thoughts that the people had, we can also attribute to uh, arrangement of the Supreme Lord for his pastimes. And we can't blame them and uh, attribute them to having impure minds. Uh, so in this way, the Lord's uh, pastime uh, takes place. Uh, uh, it's explained that uh, Akura was put into this awkward position of having to leave Dwarka because of the curse of the gopis, because he had taken Krishna from uh, Vrindavan. So they were very angry at Akura. Uh, so therefore, uh, they were they cursed him, and therefore uh, he ended up with a problem later on. So just as the gopis got separated from Krishna, uh, Akura got separated from Krishna also in Dorka, and he had to leave and go away. But of course, we can understand he was a great devotee, uh, and therefore, in separation, he would also feel, uh, when he is separated, he would also feel uh, that the feelings of separation, uh, though not as intensely as the gopis would feel. Uh, so that is one way of explaining the whole incident. Uh, and of course, uh, we can say that the whole incident, uh, Akura's involvement in the incident, also we can attribute to this problem, the uh, curse of the uh, inhabitants of Vrindavan to him, that he got involved with uh, Satadandva in uh, this way, even though he shouldn't have. Uh, at the same time, uh, we understand that uh, nobody ultimately in the spiritual world gets cursed or whatever. Uh, uh, or we can say rather, uh, it's a they get cursed by some arrangement for pastimes. Uh, just as uh, the uh, Kumaras curse Jai and Vijay. Uh, but why would they curse? Because they are Amaramas. They shouldn't get angry at all. How they got angry, etc. Uh, but they cursed and then Jai and Vijay fell into the material world. So again, we attribute all of this as an arrangement of the Supreme Lord for uh, certain pastimes. Uh, 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 since they were very elevated devotees, uh, and actually Shaktivash avatars of the Lord, uh, the Kumaras, so how could they get angry and curse someone? So similarly, uh, the gopis cursing and then having a reaction in the form of this, we say some arrangement of the Lord for uh, pastimes, and we cannot attribute uh, uh, actual material uh, malice or hatred to the gopis. Uh, and we can also not uh, believe that in the spiritual world, among the spiritual world, that uh, curses have the, an effect like in the material world. So, uh, quite different. It is all some arrangement for uh, the pastimes of the Supreme Lord. Uh, so, in any case, uh, this uh, incident took place where uh, the city of Dwarka became afflicted, even though it should be a place of uh, eternal peace and happiness, etc. It got afflicted by storms and other problems and uh, whatever, as if it were a material place. So again, uh, we cannot think of it as a material place at all, and therefore it is arrangement of the Supreme Lord for particular pastimes. So this type of arrangement is often made by the Lord when he appears within the material world, much more than in the spiritual world. So when there's an uh, entrance to the material world, often uh, there are pastimes which are, appear very material. Uh, uh, we see in Vrindavan, uh, everyone appears like uh, material persons. They don't even identify Krishna as Supreme Lord. Here in Dwarka, they accept Krishna as Supreme Lord, but still... Uh, the pastimes often appear as if they were members of material society, etc. So here's an instance where the whole city looks like it's material, it's getting afflicted by earthquakes and whatever, uh, storms and that. Uh, uh, but uh, actually, this is only 
some appearance arranged by the Supreme Lord, and it's got nothing to do with the spiritual nature uh, of that place. It is not affected at all by anything. Uh, but materialists can think like that. So we see some of the people of uh, Gorka thought in this way, oh, uh, we're being afflicted, and the cause must be Akura's absence because he's the most auspicious person, etc. So it's highly unlikely that they should think like this in the presence of Krishna. Yeah, they did. Okay. Arrangement of the Supreme Lord. So, uh, the devotees will understand the nature of these pastimes. Materialists will not. And they will take this all as material. And a big example of that is the disappearance of Krishna. So, uh, Krishna gets shot in the foot and then he dies. That's the external appearance. Uh, but it is made very clear uh, in the Bhagavatam itself and of course in the commentaries that uh, this is a material appearance, an arrangement of the Lord and actually uh, Krishna doesn't die at all. Uh, he ascended to Vaikuntha in a chariot. He, did, he didn't leave a body that got cremated at all. So uh, quite different from what people in the material world will see. Uh, uh, so uh, often there is uh, an appearance of uh, the pastimes and the plays and the people being uh, material persons and acting, uh, seeming to act in material ways. Uh, but this only in appearance. Okay. Uh, the materialists are fooled by this and then they will conclude Krishna is material, the Dhamma is material. Uh, but the devotees understand that this is contradicted by other statements in the Bhagavad that talk about the eternal nature of the Dham, the spiritual body of the Lord, etc the eternal bliss in the spiritual world. So there's a direct contradiction. So the way of resolving it is by explaining that this is <coughs> an appearance, an arrangement of the Lord for his pastimes, in which ultimately the result is higher bliss. But as point is that Akuru is the, like, you know, eternal associate of the Lord, then mm. how can these... Um, the nature of enviousness arises in Akuran's mind because Akuran's and this uh, Peter Bharma, they, uh, they are envious of Shatruji because they say that in Bhagavad that Shatruji will be more powerful than them. They said they made this plan to kill Shatruji. Yeah. Well, as I, as I said, that all of this we can say is we can attribute it partially due to the uh, Lord's arrangement. Uh, uh, just as we find that even Parikshit, why does he put the snake around the the neck of the uh, meditating brahmana when he is out of thirst of all things when Parikshit is most self-controlled he honors the brahmanas etc how could he do this <laughs> and again arrangement of the lord this, the, these uh, up, what, are, what are apparently faults in the devotees are actually arrangements of the supreme lord for pastimes and even we can say that lord brahma again why does he forget Krishna's nature and try to fool him and test him. Again, arrangement of the Supreme Lord or certain pastimes. So that's the ultimate explanation. And the question you are seeing, like, you know, this, um, whatever happens is, is, is our Lord's arrangement. And we see the curse of Jaya and Vijaya. Because the Jaya Vijaya, when they came in the material world, you know, as Harinakshar, uh, Harinakashu, they created so much disturbance in the material world. And as a result, so many innocent people or so many sages suffered. So can you say that this was the arrangement of the Lord? Yeah. What's that? Can you say that this was the suffering of the sages and, and, and general pub, uh, people, this was the arrangement of the Lord? Well, we can say that there was all of their suffering is that the Lord appeared as Narsimhadeva and Rama and Krishna, and therefore they get great bliss because they can directly associate with the Lord. <laughs> So their, their suffering uh, from the demon is countered by association with the Lord and, and direct service to the Lord as a result of this. So actually they get great blessings. So by one act, the Lord accomplishes many things. He kills the demons, he gives joy to the devotees, etc. So, but in one sense, if we see this uh, cursing, this uh, for Kumaras to the, this Jayam uh, Vijaya, there is a, uh, for some time there is a uh, forgetfulness of Krishna come to them. Forgetfulness of Krishna, they become, they become envious of the Lord, 
although they are pure devotee you can say this for the jayam vijaya but for some time they become opposite to the lot because of they uh, develop envious nature towards the lot so it's not that you know uh, bad for the devotees well uh, even the kumaras yeah no this uh, jayam vijaya oh because for some oh, time they become yeah, when they become demons you mean yeah yeah oh well i can say that is actually an appearance in one sense uh just as we see uh uh retrosura yeah he was actually a devotee inside he had an appearance of a demon so we can take it like that though we can say in this case their absorption in the bhava of the demon was more intense intense yeah yeah uh it's also explained that under normal circumstances there are regular demons karnikasipu haranyaksha etc and this example of uh getting cursed uh, by the kumars and coming to the material world is not a regular event that happens every day of brahma it's a one time event and other times we get a regular karnikasipu a demon a real demon and then the lord comes and kills him you know every day of brahma so it's not that jaya and vijay get cursed every day and uh, so the regular is actually a demon it's not jaya vijay they're regular demons but they get killed by the lord and they get blessing ultimately and ultimately krishna kills them and they go to the spiritual world thank you maharaj for wonderful realizations so nice to hear you uh, when akula was taking krishna and balram the, one of the pawns where they had bath he could get, uh, get a view of the lordships in the form of narayan but later was it continued did he know that uh, krishna and balram were the expansions or what was the only temporary view that he had who was that akura akura yeah well akura he he was in mathura and in dwarka and he he understood krishna as supreme lord okay he appreciates krishna and as far as krishna but he also understands he's supreme lord so he's like uh has a a mood of aishwarya that he understands krishna as supreme lord but he appreciates that form of krishna and was there any uh, later incidents in mahabharata was he connected later like during the times do we know hear about him later in any of the leelas um i don't know okay. later past times so. thank you maharaj hari krishna yeah. ओम नमो भगवते ृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे हरे 
Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Reading from Shema Bhavan Canto 10, Chapter 57, Verse 34. Hmm? Huh? 34. Iti Vreda Vachasrutva. Naita Vat Iha Karanam. Iti Matva Samanaya. Apraha Kuram Janardana. Iti Vita Vachasrutva. of the elders of Acha, words Srutva having heard na not etavat only this iha in the matter at hand karanam cause iti thus matva thinking samanaya having him brought back Praha said Akuram to Akura Janardana, Lord Krishna. Translation, hearing these words from the elders, Lord Janardana, though aware that the absence of Akura was not the only cause of the evil omens, had him summoned back to Dwarka and spoke to him. For a part, since Lord Krishna is the Supreme Controller, it was obviously by his will that certain troubles appeared in the city of Dwarka. Superficially, these evils may have been caused by Akura's absence, but also by the absence of the auspicious Shamantaka jewel. But we should recall that Dwarka is the eternal abode of Lord Krishna. It is a city of divine bliss because the Lord resides there. Still to execute his pastimes as a prince of this world, Lord Krishna did the needful and summoned Akura. Lord Krishna honored Akura, greeted him confidently, and spoke pleasant words with him. Then the Lord, who was fully aware of Akura's heart by virtue of being the knower of everything, smiled and addressed him. O master of charity, surely the opulent Samantaka jewel was left in your care by Shatadunva and is still with you. Indeed, we have known this all along. Purport, Lord Krishna's treatment of Rakura here confirms that he is actually a great devotee of the Lord. Since Satrajit has no sons, his daughter's uh, son should receive his inheritance. They should pay for memorial offerings of water and pinda, clear their grandfather's outstanding debts, and keep the remainder of the inheritance for themselves. Purport, Shri Sridhar Swami quotes the following Smriti injunction regarding inheritance. Patni duhitaras chayva pitaro brataras tata tat suta gotraja bandhu sisya sa brahmacharina. The inheritance first goes to the wife, then, if the wife has passed away, to the daughters, then uh, to the parents, then to the brothers, uh, then to the brothers' sons then to family members of the same gotra as the deceased, and then to his disciples, including brahmacharis. Shri Vishnu Chakravarti adds that since Satrajit had no sons, since his wives were killed together with him, and since his daughter, 
Satyabhama was not interested in the Shamantaka jewel, which constituted the inheritance. It rightly belonged to her sons. In Krishna's Supreme Personality of God, Srila Prabhupada explains, Lord Krishna indicated by this statement that Satyabhama was already pregnant and that her son would be the real claimant of the jewel and would certainly take the jewel from her birth if he tried to conceal it. Nonetheless, the jewel should remain in your care, O trustworthy Akura, because no one else can keep it safely. <clears throat> but please show the jewel just once, since my elder brother does not fully believe what I have told him about it. In this way, O most fortunate one, you will pacify my relatives. Everyone knows you have the jewel, for you are now continually performing sacrifices on altars of gold. Purport, although technically Satyabhama's sons had a right to the jewel, Lord Krishna decided to leave the jewel in the care of Akura, who was using the jewel's wealth to continually perform religious sacrifices. Indeed, Akura's ability to perform such rituals on altars of gold was an indication of the jewel's potency. Thus, shamed by Lord Krishna's conciliatory words, the son of Svapalka brought out the jewel from where he had concealed it in his clothing and gave it to the Lord. The brilliant gem shone like the sun. Therefore, we can see in this chapter how a valuable jewel caused so much intrigue, violence, and suffering. This is certainly a good lesson for those who desire a trouble-free spiritual life. After the Almighty Lord had shown the Shamantaka jewel to his relatives, thus dispelling the false accusations against him, he returned it to Akura. Report. For the second time, doubts about the Lord's reputation occasioned by the Shamantaka jewel are dispelled by the jewel itself. Indeed, for the second time, the Lord brought the jewel to Dwarka to establish his integrity there. This amazing series of incidents demonstrates that even when Lord Krishna descends to this world, there's a tendency for his peers to criticize him. The whole material world is infected by the fault-finding propensity. And in this chapter, uh, the Supreme Lord demonstrates the nature of this undesirable quality. This narration, rich with descriptions of the prowess of Lord Sri Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of God, that removes sinful reaction and bestows all auspiciousness. Anyone who recites hears or remembers it will drive away his own infamy and sins and attain peace. Thus end the purports of the humble servants of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Prabhupada to the 10th canto, 57th chapter, Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled, Satrajit, Murdered and the Jewel Returned. So, here we find the conclusion of this story, of, which involves the Shamantaka jewel and how uh, it was taken by the line and then by Jambavan and then by Krishna. Uh, it was turned to Dwarka and then it was stolen uh, by uh, Safadanva and given to Akura. And then Akura fled uh, to Banaras. Then here he's persuaded to come back and show the jewel to Krishna, and Krishna allows him to keep it finally. So as the uh, commentary said, uh, you get a lot of intrigue and problems caused by the Shamantaka jewel because uh, its main quality was it yielded such quantities of gold. And uh, because of that, uh, people became greedy for it. Uh, uh, so uh, in this way, uh, we have a lesson to learn about the possession of material wealth. On the other hand, uh, Krishna felt no desire for that particular uh, jewel, though it had great powers. Uh, uh, when he first heard about the jewel, uh, he was unimpressed by it completely. And the only reason that he got the jewels because people started rumors about him because they were interested in the wealth. Uh, and uh, so in this way, uh, Krishna demonstrated complete detachment from this. So this is one of the qualities of the Supreme Lord. Uh, Bhagavan has uh, got six qualities, and one of them is vairagya.
which means detachment. So he's not attached to anything in this material world. So here we have gold. How could the Lord be attracted to gold? Uh, the Lord is the source of all spiritual wealth as well as all material wealth. So there's no use for him in uh, becoming attracted to gold. He has everything already. Simply by his very definition, the Lord possesses everything. He has all beauty, all wealth, uh, uh, all powers, uh, etc. So he doesn't need anything. He is completely self-sufficient. Uh, so, of course, in the spiritual world, we find that the Lord is not self-sufficient because he's controlled by bhakti. Bhakti controls the Lord. But that is, again, spiritual. Huh? And it's explained that. What is bhakti? It's the most essential uh, essence of pradini and samvit shaktis of the Lord, which are the Lord's sarup shakti. And the sarup shakti is responsible for manifestation of the spiritual world, manifestation of the form, qualities, and activities of the Lord, manifesting uh, all the consciousness in the spiritual world and the rasas, and ultimately bliss with the ladini section. So the best part of that shakti is the uh, ladini and samvit, which are make up bhakti. So naturally, the Lord would be attracted to that. It's his own shakti. And so he's attracted to the devotees because they have this shakti in them. Uh, so, uh, yes, the Lord has vairagya. He is completely detached from everything. But he's very attached to his devotees. He's very attached to bhakti. Uh, and we'll have many stories in the Bhagavatam which illustrate this, how he is attracted to devotion, how he's controlled by his devotees, etc. Uh, so, uh, though the Lord has vairagya, that is in terms of material things. He doesn't want anything material. He's attracted to devotees. Devotees are spiritual. They, they, they manifest the sarup shakti of the Lord. Therefore, it's all spiritual, not material. So, therefore, the Lord can be attracted in that way, but he's not attracted to anything in this material world. Uh, what, what is everything in the material world? It is a byproduct of his external energy, not the internal energy, external energy. Bahiranga Shakti. Uh, so the internal energy, the Antaranga Shakti, means that it is very intimately related with the Lord in the spiritual world. The Baharanga Shakti indicates it's very separate from the Supreme Lord, even though he controls it and possesses it. It's very separate from him and is not much interested in it. Huh? And because of that, he relegates uh, taking care of that uh, Shakti to his Purusha Avatar Amsas and then Brahma and Devatas and Sages, etc. So that's not, it's not directly the Lord's interest, this material energy. So it's external to the Lord. And that uh, external energy produces wealth and so many things in this material world. Uh, so though it is the Lord's energy, uh, the Lord is not attracted to it in the sense that he is not bewildered by it and does not become overcome uh, by a desire for it. We can say he's interested in it, yes, uh, he must uh, guide the material world in such a way that it uh, elevates the jivas. So he does that through various ways. Uh, but he is not really interested in anything byproduct of this material energy. It's uh, completely unlike the Supreme Lord. It is achit. Uh, the manifestations are temporary. It does not have any bliss in it. The Lord himself is what? Vijnana. He is conscious, completely conscious, full of knowledge. And he is full of bliss, ananda. And Prakriti is no consciousness, no knowledge, no bliss at all. So, uh, very, very different. Why would he be interested in it? Uh, 
So no, the Lord is not attracted to this at all. Here we have some gold, which produces more, uh, some uh, jewel that produces more and more gold every day. Uh, so that's all trivial uh, for the Supreme Lord. He owns everything in the material world anyway. Why would he be attracted to gold? Possesses everything. We see that the Lord sometimes manifests the Vishwarupa, the universal form. So what does that mean? It means that everything is in the Lord. He possesses everything. It's part of him. So all the gold and jewels and buildings and properties and lands and elements, simply part of the Supreme Lord. and He can do with them as he wishes. So why should he become greedy for it since he already owns it and controls it? So no. And no attraction to this, you hold it all. Yeah. Uh, other people, however, became attracted to it, like Sata Dunva. Huh? Uh, and uh, therefore, uh, we have this whole intrigue taking place because of the, uh, this attraction for uh, material benefits. Uh, and it illustrates that some people are so attracted to material things, they don't appreciate the Supreme Lord at all. And so that's the case of Satadanva. He had no interest in the Lord at all. And finally the Lord killed him. Now he saw the Lord. He, had, he could associate with the Lord in Dwarka, but did not appreciate him at all. Uh, so very, very unfortunate. Instead he was attracted to material wealth. Uh, so uh, We see Akrur, on the other hand, was a great devotee and even though he was involved in this intrigue for various reasons uh, he also was not very really attracted to this uh, gold so when uh, uh, Krishna requested him to show it he showed it willingly and then Krishna said keep it uh, but uh, he was uh, a servant of the Lord and he followed his order very nicely Lord told him to return to Panasa, he came back Show the jewel, he showed the jewel. Uh, so, uh, the Lord actually was very kind to him uh, in spite of his involvement in this intrigue. Uh, uh, so, therefore, he accepted him as his devotee and uh, simply requested to see the jewel. That again shows the Lord was not really interested in the jewel at all. Uh, and then he gives the excuse here well, Balaram is suspicious of that, you know. Uh, who has the jewels, so you should show it. People of uh, Dwarka uh, are, are puzzled who has the jewels, so you show it to everybody that you're in possession of it. Uh, uh, so in this way, the, the rumors were uh, uh, annihilated. Uh, uh, people stopped talking. And uh, Krishna demonstrated his quality of not being attached to that jewel at all. Uh, by the fact that he let Akura keep it, in spite of the fact he says, actually, it should go to the sons of Satyabhama. But anyway, uh, Akura's goddess, let him keep the jewel. So in this way, he was uh, gentle with his devotee and also showed his complete detachment from it, in spite of the fact that it caused so many problems in the kingdom. Uh, so in this way, the uh, situation uh, is resolved uh, concerning this uh, gem. Uh, another comment here is that uh, actually the Lord's abode is purely spiritual. Uh, so therefore, uh, what real calamity can take place there? Uh, what trouble can take place? Not normal weather problems or uh, other problems can take place because it's a spiritual kingdom. So if something appears like that, then we must take that as an arrangement of the Supreme Lord for his own purposes. Uh, so by making this arrangement of having uh, so-called afflictions attack uh, Dwarka, and people started saying, oh, Akura should come back. So therefore, this was an opportunity for Krishna to call Akura back. Uh, and in this way, the whole uh, story was resolved. So, if there appears to be disturbances, actually, they're an appearance only. Uh, and it's not caused by uh, the force of material elements at all. It's the will of the Supreme Lord.
so uh, there's the later on we have the story of the destruction of uh, Dwarka, where it goes under the water, the waves rise up and they swallow the whole city of Dwarka. That again is an appearance. So our acharyas say that actually the city of Dwarka is eternal; it is there, and in that city, the uh, Yadus and Krishna are still having pastimes. So. Uh, there again, we see that there's an appearance of a destruction, but actually the spiritual abode and its inhabitants cannot be disturbed at all by any of this. So uh, when this happens, we take that as some arrangement of the Lord for certain purposes. Uh, so here we find these uh, symptoms, but uh, we should not uh, imply that uh, uh, the city of Dwarka is therefore material because it gets afflicted by these various disasters, rather. It's under the control of the Supreme Lord. So it's not uh, a material activity at all. It's something to fulfill the Lord's purposes. I mean, understand all these uh, pastimes are due to the Lord's sweet will. Because some of the uh, pastime looks like an ordinary modern world. The jewels getting stolen and getting murdered. Even the Lord is present. Mm. Well, uh, there are many places like that in the Bhagavatam, in the story of Krishna. Krishna gets born uh, in a prison, and then he gets smuggled out of the prison. And that's not an activity for God, usually. He's born in glory or something like that, and it's Ramchandra or others, or it comes out of the pillar as Narasimhadev. It's Krishna, particularly. He has a very different type of birth and activities, etc. Huh? And... Uh, we see that uh, uh, even Brahma gets bewildered that Krishna must be an ordinary living entity, not the Supreme Lord, because he acts like a small child, like a normal small child. So uh, particularly in Vrindavan, Krishna is very bewildering for many people because he acts like a material person. And then later on in Dwarka, we also see that many activities are such that it appears that Krishna is material. There's the one story where uh, the demon takes the head of his father and says, yeah, I've killed your father. And then Krishna begins crying like an ordinary living entity. Uh, but he actually knows the truth. Uh, and he's not uh, attached because of material reasons. Uh, but he begins crying like an ordinary person. Uh, so in, in many ways we find uh, Krishna acts in an ordinary way uh, in relation to other persons, in relation to the circumstances, etc. But Actually, he is Supreme Lord in all cases. And all of these uh, apparently material type of responses to the world are there for certain purposes of his own. So we should never uh, criticize the Lord and think he's uh, doing things with a material because of material influence. Uh, he's uh, always fixed in his own rasa in the spiritual world. You are explaining this. Um, Krishna is not interested with this material world because he is. Um, he is one good. This is a very good detachment. Okay. What about this? Uh, the material world. What is happening? Is he also considered like a pastimes of Mahavishnu? It's material pastime Mahavishnu. So uh, is he attached with this pastimes because material also we see this is eternal. It's always coming and going. If it's not eternal. If it is, uh, although it is eternal, but it's, there is a tempor temporary manifestation. But if he is not at us, then why, why he is creating this, this material world again and again? Well, well we can say that uh, he does certain activities, uh, like of create the material world, etc. That is also considered to be a pastime of the Supreme Lord. So just as the Lord is attached to his devotees, he's also attached to his pastimes. Now, the pastime of creating the material world is slightly different from the pastimes in the spiritual world or in Vrindavan or Dwarka, etc. Because this is uh, directly related to creation of the material world. Still, it is called a pastime of the Supreme Lord uh, in, in terms of these amsas or the purushas. Uh, 
because all the Lord's activities are spiritual, so they can never be material. They cannot have a material motive. So, uh, what does uh, what pleasure does the Lord get out of this pastime of creating the material world? Ultimately, the pleasure is uh, that He can cultivate devotees in the material world. So He makes all sorts of arrangements for that, with the appearance of bhakti and the holy name, uh, manpantara avatars and manpantara uh, manus uh, within the, there, uh, and appearance of scriptures, etc. So he makes arrangements so that people can advance and ultimately attain the Supreme Lord. That's when he becomes blissful. So ultimately the goal of the material world is to create bliss for the jiva when he goes to the spiritual world. So in that sense, a lila of the Lord. The ultimate purpose is that to mm. uh, take the uh, conditioned soul from material to the spiritual world. Yeah. Huh? yeah. And uh, of course, it's a little bit difficult to understand because it's such a uh, uh, indirect, we can say, uh, goal. But then we'll find that even in the shorter pastimes, uh, for instance, the battle of Kurukshetra, everyone was puzzled why is this taking place. And uh, even Bhishma says, oh, we cannot understand what the Lord's plan is in all of this, the whole Mahabharata saga and how it, it was going on. Everyone was puzzled by it. And, you know, the Pandavas have to suffer for 13 years and whatever. So it causes uh, a problem. And no one can understand. Even the great devotees can't understand it. <laughs> Finally, it concludes and everybody says, oh, that's what the Lord meant. That's what, that's his plan. <laughs> but when it's happening, it's very difficult for people to understand. What about this verse? Here, when uh, this uh, Dwarakavasi had a doubt that Krishna might have, you know, hide this um, Samantika jewel. And they started criticizing Krishna. So can you say that uh, this criticism is a spiritual criticism? Well, of course it's not mentioned who, but we would assume that it was not the Yadus, uh, not the devotees. It was other persons who were just like, you know, there, but just like we have Satrajit and uh, or we have uh, Satyadanva who was actually very materialistic who stayed there. And so there were other people also, uh, common people who uh, took up this sort of uh, gossip or whatever. We shouldn't attribute to the great devotees or the others. <clears throat>